unbelievable defense by Josh Okoge. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Drives his kick out pass, stolen by Covington. Robs off to the races, to the bucket, lay him good, and he drew a foul. Down the left side, the lane goes up on Towns. Towns blocked the shot. He goes up strong and rejects Anthony Davis. They are ecstatic over on the Wolves bench as Ryan Saunders has won his coaching debut. Welcome inside another episode of Wolvescast here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. I am Cal Soderquist with you as always. A very somber week here at the Target Center as the Timberwolves, the NBA family, and sports world as a whole continue to mourn the loss of Kobe Bryant, as well as his daughter Gianna and seven others in a tragic helicopter accident earlier this week in California. Coming up on this week's episode, it's going to be all Kobe. In just a second, we will hear from Timberwolves players and personnel on what Kobe meant to them and how he impacted their lives. A bit later on, we will hear from someone who knew Kobe quite well as current Kings head coach Luke Walton spent several seasons as Kobe's teammate, winning a pair of championships alongside him. We will get Walton's reactions and reflections to this tragic news. Plus, we'll go back in the vault and revisit an unforgettable moment that took place here at the Target Center involving Kobe Bean Bryant himself. But first, as we mentioned, the devastating news of Kobe's passing shook not just NBA fans and players, but really impacted folks all across the globe. On Monday morning, before they tipped things off against the Sacramento Kings that night at Target Center, the Timberwolves met with the media to share their reactions. Here's center Carl Anthony Towns on what Kobe meant to him. It was my, my childhood, you know. I, I grew up watching him, mimicking his moves, wanting to take those last second shots because of him, wanting that moment, the pressure moments. And for me and my family and my, you know, my closest of friends, who I call my brothers, you know, we, we sat down and we watched a lot of Kobe. And uh, it was surreal yesterday to see that news. You know, we was, I was with Andrew when I got it, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a surreal moment. Cat, unlike some of his younger teammates, was lucky enough to share the floor with Kobe, and it's a matchup Cat will not soon forget. Weirdly enough, ir- ironic enough, first game is his, first, is his farewell to our first game at Staples Center. For me, it's my first game, so it was a special moment. It was something I cherished. Every time I met Kobe, I cherished uh, having, getting able to uh, know him off the court as well and be able to uh, talk to him was a, was a, a huge blessing of mine and uh, something I always cherish. Now that game at Staples Center to tip off the 2015-16 season was significant for several reasons. Like Kat said, it marked the beginning of Kobe's final season in the NBA, but it was also the Timberwolves' first game action since Flip Saunders lost his battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma just a few days earlier. It was, of course, a very emotional night at Staples Center, especially so for Flip's son, current Wolves head coach Ryan Saunders. I remember just just seeing him um, at the free throw line during the national anthem, wearing a flip um, a flip shirt, and him, you know, paying you know, tribute. I, it, it's it's hard to wrap your head around right now with with everything, and um, you know I know these guys. We tried to be as business as usual, um, you know, because as competitors and as a competitor, like the competitor that Kobe was, you know, he. That's, that's what that's what he he'd say, you know, 
you got to compete, and um, but it, it, it affects all of us. It certainly does, and that includes forward Robert Covington, who was also lucky enough to take the court against Kobe, even receiving some words of encouragement from Bryant that Covington says he has carried with him throughout his career. You know, he told me within, you know, those moments that, you know, I had the opportunity to be a very good player within this, this game. He was like, you know, I like your work ethic, I like your hustle, and I like, you know, how you carry yourself, you know. Within that, within that, you know, I took from, you know, a, a big change in my, in, my, in my life. You know, I understand that someone that, you know, I looked up to to sit up here and tell me the positive words of encouragement. He was like, you know, stick with it. You know, those words really stuck with me. Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas, believes that whether you had the chance to share the floor with Kobe, had his poster on the wall of your childhood bedroom, or simply followed his career from afar, he left a legacy we all can learn from. When you have that drive, his ability to take his game to the highest level, to come back from an Achilles tear, to do all the things that he did, just that drive for greatness, the results speak for themselves. The success that he had, you know, what he brought to that organization, the legacy he leaves, those are powerful for sports fans or non-sports fans. And as far as competitive intensity, Saunders says Kobe set a bar that will be tough to match. He was the, the standard of, you know, work, the standard of uh, competitiveness. And, uh, you know, just the example, you know, him on the court, no matter what he endured, he was always going to find a way to push through. Push through is exactly what so many are left having to do with Kobe now gone, though his impact on the game, its players, fans, and so many more will forever remain. Stay tuned. We will have more of the show after this as we continue to remember Kobe Bryant here on Wolvescast on the Timberwolves Radio Network. College Night, presented by U.S. Bank, is back and better than ever. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets to see the action for just $10 with a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Welcome back inside the show. Cal Soderquist here with you still. We continue to celebrate and remember Kobe Bryant as he, his daughter, and seven others were tragically lost in a helicopter accident earlier this week. Someone who knew Kobe quite well, called him a teammate for several seasons, and even won a pair of championships alongside him, was former Laker forward and current Kings head coach Luke Walton. Walton and his team were in town for Monday's tilt at Target Center, and he met with the media to give his first public comments following the tragedy. Um, shock, denial, um, all those things that we use to deal with really sad news. And uh, it's been one of the harder times in my life this last 24 hours. You know, Kobe was a, a friend, a teammate, most importantly, a father. I know that's what was most important to him. Uh, the love he had for his family and his daughters is heartbreaking and uh, it's tough to deal with, honestly. Um, he was, oh, you know, the, the, the basketball world, we lost, we lost one of our greats. And, and I don't just mean that by what he did on the court, uh, but just the way he lived his life. Every day, he got the most out of it. Uh, whether he was attacking treatments or attacking skill sets, uh, he just he lived his life to the fullest every single day. 
and he's an absolute um, inspiration. And I'm, I'm honored to be able to call myself his friend and his teammate and his brother and all those things that came with uh, the years we spent together. And uh, I and all of us are going to miss him very, very much. And a lot of guys on the team, you know, they, they grew up watching him and, you know, I'm sure it, it hit, the, uh, hit them pretty hard too. How do you, as a coach, kind of bring everyone together knowing you have a game to play tonight and with everything that's going on? Yeah, it's hard. We talk about it. It's life, you know. Life is hard. And there's moments that uh, challenge us. And, you know, what I've found is together we can get through those uh, easier, more efficiently than we can alone. And guys here are hurt whether you knew him or not he was that type of guy and he had that type of influence on on the NBA world that everybody's hurting and um, it's hard to think about playing but I also laugh thinking about what Kobe would say and uh, you know it goes back to his mentality so what what's next you know what I mean no matter what he was looking down no matter what the odds were against uh, he he took on every single challenge. Uh, he would want us out here playing. He'd want us competing at the highest level. Um, and that's, you know, that's, to me the best way we could honor him is really to play and, and leave it all out there on the court uh, like like he did, he did every single night. Is, that mentality, is that kind of what made his – second act so special just kind of how he's reinvented himself after he's basketball. incredible I, I, I it's it's not easy to retire from from sports you played your entire life and for him uh and how invested he was and how much time I, you know I've talked to him about it before I just I thought it would be a struggle he gave so much to the game of basketball and when he decided to get to to give it up and hang it up he he was able to shift all that time and effort and energy into his family. And, I mean, he was so proud of those girls of his. I remember when I had, I had uh, my baby girl, and he called, and I was, he just, he was so excited. He said, "It's the greatest thing in the world, the daughter, the father-daughter relationship." And for him to see how quickly and easily he could maneuver from basketball, which consumes us, to life after basketball, which was business and family and all the things he was into he was so locked in and excited and it just like yeah it speaks to his mindset and, and what can be accomplished when you're focused and, and you have the drive um, that you know obviously not many people in the world have ever had but it's impressive to see when someone does any more guys last one Luke, did, you, did you have a, a favorite memory last out one, of the court that still jumps out to you yeah, there's not one. I have millions from practice to... I mean, he attacked practice like every game. If he was in practice, he was fighting, trying to win. He was challenging us as teammates. If we were having off days, there were, he wouldn't accept it. So he was tough. Um, he expected a lot out of, out of us. Um, but he also had a very soft loving fun side that when you got to know him uh made you willing to do anything uh you know to to, to be on his side and i still can't I, I don't know if i fully accepted it but it's it's really really hard to think that we don't have him with us anymore 
and I just my love and his family and his Vanessa and the other girls I just I, I pray for him uh, and we're gonna miss miss him very much very well said by Walton and we very much appreciate him sharing his reactions and emotions during a very difficult time. Stay tuned. We will wrap up the show next here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whether you're at home, at Target Center watching the game, or anywhere around the globe, the app is your remote control for all things Timberwolves. Head over to the App Store or Google Play to download it now. Welcome back inside the show. Final segment time now as we continue to remember and honor Kobe Bryant. We are jumping into the vault to revisit an unforgettable night at Target Center that featured a career milestone for Kobe himself. The year was 2014. It was mid-December, and Kobe and the Lakers were in town for a Sunday matchup at Target Center. The game was significant because Bryant entered the evening needing just nine points to move past Michael Jordan and claim the number three spot on the NBA's all-time scoring list. What MJ meant to Kobe needs no elaborating, and midway through the second quarter, Bryant stepped to the free-throw line just two points shy of the milestone. He, of course, calmly sank the first, and then history happened. 37-32, Lakers lead, and Kobe Bryant, now tied with Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list, has one more free-throw coming. Kobe bends the knees, lets it fly, and hits. There it is, that free throw by Kobe Bryant moves him past Michael Jordan and into third place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Bryant now with 32,293 points in his career. Only Karl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have scored more in NBA history. It was a very cool moment as the game was temporarily halted. Kobe was congratulated by both teammates and the opposing Wolves sharing moments with his head coach Byron Scott as well as Flip Saunders before Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor eventually presented Kobe with the ball that moved him past Jordan. After the game had finished, and oh, by the way, it was a Lakers victory that featured some vintage Kobe moments. Gets it right side. Wes Johnson pass up top behind Kobe, but he connects. Now a deep three on the way, and he hits. Oh, from four feet beyond the arc, Kobe falls away and drains it with a minute five seconds to play. Kobe himself reflected on the momentous milestone. It's been such an evolution, and, and now you know, I appreciate the game even more, you know, because it has a certain finality to it. It's like when, you, when moments like this come around, I mean, you're really overjoyed by it. Uh, at the same time, you know, at the end is, <laughs> is pretty near. You know, which is uh, which is fine too. It's almost surreal to hear those words from Bryant himself, as people across the globe still collectively grieve, unable to believe that he is truly gone. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We are thinking and praying for Kobe's family as well as the families of the other seven lost in last weekend's tragic accident. We thank all of you for tuning in, and we will be back next week.